Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Podcast starts now. Wow. What's up, everybody? And welcome to Stradio Lab, the first podcast um, ever to ever exist on uh, iTunes. We broke ground when we emailed Steve Jobs with our idea. Um, I'm Sam, and we never introduced ourselves, but for some reason, I felt like it was appropriate. George? And I'm, and I'm George. <laughs> that was smooth. I felt, yeah. I felt really good about that. Let's get the elephant in the room out of the room. Okay. And, and not even out of the room, but let's actually put a spotlight on that elephant. Yeah, let's let's ignite that elephant and let's let the world know that we see it and you can see it as well. Let's say let's say you know this elephant isn't a flaw, it's a feature of this room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this elephant is here on purpose and it was intentional and we love it. I like the idea that the, the the subtext of the metaphor about an elephant being in the room is that like somehow people don't want it there or like if you were in a room and an elephant was in it I feel like that would be really cool or like notable I definitely think the pictures would be popping off I think they would be getting a lot of likes I think some people would pay a lot of money to be in that room with that elephant you know what I think it is is that phrase was coined before Instagram like right now mm. if you had an elephant in the room that's like that's an Instagrammable opportunity 
it wouldn't be like it's not no one would see it as negative people would be like did you go to the elephant room no it's sold out you know like it would yeah. be it would be kind of like it would be like that did you see that thing at bam where they build a whole beach inside bam i i did see that thing that's what the elephant would be <laughs> it would be like did you go to the elephant at bam and then people would be like no like someone i knew got a press ticket but like they didn't bring me <laughs> Um, they went with their girlfriend instead. Um, so I had to go see the new James Bond or, you know, and then yeah. not that many Instagram opportunities there. I do love when art is really Instagrammable. I think that is um, a dark, dark feature of our present day. And I don't see it going away anytime soon. No, I, if anything, I think that. Uh, I think it'll I think we're still on the up and up and like art will continue to be Instagrammable. And then at some point it will reach a point where there's something so, so bad that it'll be like this cultural moment where everyone suddenly is against Instagram. And then after that, the new thing will be that art is like in a basement without cell service. Oh, I look forward to that day. Um, but the elephant in the room that we actually forgot to talk about, and actually we were talking about putting a spotlight on it. And then in fact, we turned the spotlight away from it and turned it to the art world. Which right, is... in a meta way, we're actually avoiding <laughs> talking about the elephant in the room by focusing on the actual metaphor or of an elephant being in a room. Yeah, in many ways, we said we were going to be truthful and reveal this elephant, and we're actually covering it up with blankets. We're turning off the lights. We're trying to hide the elephant. Now I'm thinking, should we just not talk about the elephant as a meta commentary <laughs> of the idea of the elephant being in the room? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if I were a listener to someone talking about the elephant being in the room for upwards of five minutes and they never talked about what it was, I think I would be furious. I think if I had that person's phone number, I would be texting them being right. like, can you just tell me what was in the room? But to me, and I just want to take it a step further. Don't you think talking about the elephant in the room makes <laughs> it kind of Instagram art? because it's flashy, it's in your face, we're showing you the elephant. Whereas not talking about the elephant in the room makes it niche, it makes it underground Copenhagen, Berlin art. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, the artist is so underground that they've never produced art before. <laughs> um, they, they're self-taught, it's outsider art, and the elephant will never be found, but that's the point of the elephant. I mean, I actually cannot believe that the world we have set up where there is an elephant in the room and we actually will not talk about what it is, because I think that is maybe um, Marina Abravovich found dead in a ditch. Oh, um, yeah. She would never. <laughs> Marina would never dare not address the elephant in the room. And she like, has made a career a out. Of, she has made a career out of like provocatively caressing the elephant in the room. <laughs> That's all she knows how to do. That's all she knows how to do. And you know what is interesting? Okay, I just thought of the most genius work of art. Okay, are okay. you ready for it? Yeah. It's a room. I'm and listening. the door says, beware of the elephant. And you go in <laughs> and there's no elephant. It's setting setting the audience up to think there's an elephant in the room. But then, but in then... fact, it's an empty room. But then George... none of the advertising <laughs> materials have that. It's called elephant in the room. That's what the work of art is called. So then okay. people write about it and they don't, there's no spoilers. So you don't know. You're like, oh my God, this is like a radical piece of art because there's a literal elephant in the room. What could be more iconic and current than that? You go there and you're like prepared to see the elephant. Then you don't, you know, next thing you know, we have communism. <laughs> I, I love that idea. I love um, art that can be spoiled. I think 
Um, I think that's a great thing. Like if after you leave, they're like, you know, be sure, you know, don't tweet any spoilers about this. Like we really want to keep this a surprise for all the big fans of the art, the art out of there. the art world. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler culture in the art world is really, really toxic. <laughs> it's, it's actually horrific. I think sometimes when I go to a museum and I've seen the painting before on like in like a textbook or something, right. I'm like, well, great. This does nothing for me. It's ruined. I remember like I one, this. Time, one time I was in Paris and I was going to the Louvre and someone was like, oh, did you see the Mona Lisa? And I was like, no spoilers. I haven't gotten there yet. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. <sighs> Interesting. So should Interesting. we now actually say what the elephant in the room is? In many ways, I think we should. But in many other ways, we've gone so long that I do think it's kind of funny to not. But I think it might help and it might sort of lower the bar for us in a practical way if we do say what it is. Yeah. Well, we have to decide, are we being practical or are we being avant-garde? <laughs> You're right. We need to push ourselves. Do you? I mean, I'm done lowering I do the think bar. that is kind of the question of this podcast, really, <laughs> is, is how practical and how avant-garde we want to be in each episode. Yeah. How do you feel about annoying people? That's a tough one. Yeah. So here I'll say this. Um, and I hate, I, I'm very sorry that I'm about to talk about Twitter, but I just had this um, thought because I tweeted, <laughs> I tweeted, people are saying Kim Kardashian didn't write her own jokes. Would you be saying that if she were a man? Now, in my, now of course... <laughs> Now, of course, I, that is meant to the whole point is that I'm engaging with it in bad faith and I'm tr and I'm like imitating someone who would say something that stupid. Right. But it's it's written in a way where it, it's so easy for someone to see it out of context and be like, no, you fucking idiot. They always <laughs> write jokes for the host. Yeah. And my point is like, I do like the idea. I wish I could be someone like a. um you know, what's an example of a friend we have, maybe a river, you know, someone, someone who gets off on being misinterpreted. I feel like Cole does this. Often. Sure. Sure. Patty, you know, I, I feel like I don't have the, the, the self-assuredness or the, or the, I don't have what it takes to really <laughs> lean into intention, knowing that I'm going to intentionally annoy some people for the sake of making a, a, a smaller group of people actually like extremely entertained yeah i you know i've always described my comedy as fearful worrisome um Same. yeah and so i think i i have trouble because there's also a question is comedy just lies and mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes it is and sometimes people are just making stuff up and being like i can't believe people believe that but it's like well of course they believe that that's like a, a normal thought a dumb person would have like like <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah to what point <laughs> at what point are you no longer imitating a dumb person and are you just having dumb thoughts it's huh huh so in that sense i think we should push ourselves <laughs> and i think we should not say what the elephant in the room is and i think i think if there's a real detective on the case they might be right. able to piece it together but um if they sort of listen to the tone of our voice maybe listen to our energy levels today um, they might but get it yeah they might Do you know what i've realized is you know you started i think wanting to reveal the elephant and i was more into the the um avant-garde idea now yeah. I feel like we've switched and now you're, <laughs> you're literally being Marina. Yeah. I Abramovich, think we should... not Marina and the diamonds. <laughs> I think we should not reveal. 
it seems like our guest has a question. Well, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I know Devin, it's too late now. (laughs) Just say say your question. (laughs) We stopped. We stopped our perfect rapport. (laughs) It it was impressive how long y'all, y'all kept that elephant in the room going. That was really, that was beautiful. And I love y'all's chemistry. Uh, (laughs) Thanks so much for the feedback, Paula. Wait, no, I did want to say uh, at the beginning of this year, I lived in uh, Carmen's, I lived in Carmen's apartment uh, while he was gone for a little bit. And mm-hmm. he had this one weird, really weird roommate who was in this like uh, indie band. And one time he was like, hey, what are you guys doing later? Are you, are you cool to clear out? Because I have a couple friends coming over and one of them is like, and, the, and my friends are elderly. One of them is like a 70 something year old person. And then I was like, oh, I, I'm, I had plans for dinner or whatever. Left, came back there was like an old, there was like an older couple in, in the living room. And I went to bed, woke up the next morning, talked to our other roommate. And he was like, yeah, he was like, you know, that was Maria, Marina Abramovic, right? What? <laughs> no way. Wait. And I was like, I was like, no, it wasn't. He was like, yeah, Moses is friends with her. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> she was just in my living room. I, wait, don't, I don't know. I didn't know, like, wait, know what she looks like. That's crazy because she became the elephant in the room. <laughs> I mean, it was literally like in the room. no one could address the fact that literal Marina Abramovich was in the room. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, Do you know, she crazy. said, uh, suddenly the kunst is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely art pop vibes. Whoa. Mar- I mean, she is. She really did ru- uh, walk so that art pop could run, one could say. Yeah, I've always called her the original Gaga. She's the original Gaga. <laughs> um, and she is in an extended Joanne era. <laughs> yeah, yeah wow, she hasn't been out a hit in a while. I love the idea of Marina Abramovich going to um, an apartment where like comedians live with roommates. Like just the idea of her going in there with like a long, you know, red dress it is both inspiring and sad. Like, it's sort of like, no, you're supposed to be like among the ultra wealthy. No, now. I love it. I think it's objective. <laughs> you know, I love it. I will say this roommate specifically, yeah, he like worked in music and he always was like, he always had like random cool friends. Like he was friends with, uh, oh, what's the woman? Chloe, Chloe Sevigny. Sevigny? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. He, he was he was like, yeah, he was like, we're going to the Knicks game tonight one day. And I was just like, okay. And that, that's, he just lived a life like that. Mm-hmm. Huh. So for some reason, this guy on like, the damn pod. I do think <laughs> like at some point when you're in the periphery of like those kinds of artistic communities, you just kind of like naturally end up with Marina Abramovich at your home. Like, I think exactly. it's like you just, the amount of people, you know, you like all of us have met that are way past our fame level just because like we happen to be around. Um, I think if you stick around long enough, it just will happen. <laughs> Honey, I'm banking on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I mean, I guess I have been around a lot of people like that, but I haven't parlayed it into any sort of like they hang out with me. You know, it's just yeah, been like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. It's that's like, fair. Oh, oh, that's Zoe Kravitz over there. She's having a, you know, she's at the same thing, but we're not going to speak. Yeah, I, I definitely mean, I don't do. know how to make a friend out of a famous person don't it you seems feel like impossible i feel like sam and i <laughs> there is a clear path to me of sam and i through this podcast <laughs> becoming actual close friends with azalea banks <laughs> what? i don't know how but i do think it could happen <laughs> i know I, I mean that. i i hope it happens i i think i think she would like it 
First of all, I think she would like the pod. All we have, I think someone needs to introduce it to her. I don't know anyone that I don't know anyone that I would. I think I know people that are two people removed from her. I know people Azealia Banks knows that our friends know. Huh. I, yeah, I also feel like it would be a good dynamic because she could be like really mean and we wouldn't really care. I feel like we would like sort of let it roll off our back. Exactly. It would be like her dream. To me, it seems like yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, like, should we like bring in our guest actually? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's bring in our guest. Because, like, you know, I know we like to like get rid of structure or whatever, but it's also like, you know, people are listening and they have no idea what the hell. Wow, who is not avant garde anymore? <laughs> Suddenly, Sorry. you want to address the new elephant in the room in the form of our guest, Devin Walker. Yeah, so give it up for our guest, Devin Walker. <laughs> um, Devin, welcome to the pod. Um, as is tradition in this podcast, we do not say anyone's credits and. That's, if you care perfect. about what Devin is working on, you can Google him. <laughs> yeah, just look it up. <laughs> um, you'll, if you if you look it up, you'll find a lot of a lot, you'll find several works that Sam and I were uh, involved with together, involved in oh, together. Oh my okay. god! You know, I loved <laughs> we Devin and I worked at Comedy Central together, and some of the work that we are a part of is <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing to sort of know in the moment like huh like this is gonna be embarrassing not in like 10 years but in like one month like like tr- tr- truly as we were doing it i was like man i hope nobody sees this i hope this doesn't make it to anyone to anyone's radar and i hope that if you yeah. google me that doesn't pop up mm-hmm. and nothing but respect to everyone that works there they were all so kind and yeah and i just want to say as someone who's also worked on comedy central digital projects i love the whole team and i've i i <laughs> I, I am not part of this conversation that's happening right now. I don't know what you guys experienced, but like everyone at the team has been so nice to be, um, you know, I wouldn't have my illustrious career if it wasn't for you and for the stepping stones you put forth that I climbed to my current celebrity. <laughs> I think, I think the, the, the cool thing about, uh, you know, talking shit about Comedy Central is that nobody works there anymore. They have like, they have like two employees. Yeah, in my so mind, you, you Comedy Central is like, in my mind, it's all contractors <laughs> that are like there for like a week at a time. Yeah, yeah. Comedy Central is an idea at this point. Mm-hmm. Shit talking Comedy Central is like what shit talking UCB was four years ago, where it was like, yeah, it's a touch edgy. They technically still exist, but like, come on. It is really, <laughs> it is safe, true that it's an it's idea. A safe shit talk. Like, yeah. it, it mm-hmm. is, it's like when I think of Comedy Central, I'm actually thinking of literally watching like, um Dane Cook specials when I was right. eleven. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah, you're thinking about when you were like homesick and they would there would be like a I don't know, like a like Taryn Killam's half hour. Yes. You'd be like, oh that guy, that guy from yes. Wild Out does stand up too. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Also, does Wildin' Out still exist? Oh yeah. It does. Like, what it channel is that on? I know several people who work on while who are on while and out. Wait, I do too, it's a, it's but I current, thought that was like a few years ago. Are they currently doing it? It's yes, it's still on. It's in its huh. like 24th season. Nick Cannon well, has really built an empire, and we're not talking about that enough. We're not oh, talking about I love Nick, Nick Cannon a, is one of the most inspirational figures in the entertainment industry. Tell me, <laughs> Tell me why. Tell me why. Yeah, let's yeah, let's do, let's dive I, into that. I I think he has incredible charisma, and I think as you <laughs> said, I think he has managed. He's done it all. He's done uh, film, television, comedy, 
He's even, I'm pretty sure, had some dramatic roles. Um, he literally uh, yes. married Mariah Carey. And That's and huge. and he's like, he he also okay, so obviously he has a lot of kids. Everyone knows that. That's like a big <laughs> this part is like of, his thing now. That's yeah. like a big part of his thing, and he talks about it openly. But here's the thing: none of the women he has kids with have ever said anything negative about him. And that's how you know he's a good father. Because if he so wasn't- That's an interesting point. <laughs> if he wasn't, people, I mean, they have nothing to lose by if he, if he did anything wrong, they would go to the tabloids and it would be like, there would be tabloid stories about him or him like not supporting his kids or not supporting the women. I think he's probably like an extremely nice and like stand up guy. And that's why there are no bad stories about him. You guys can't see, but Sam, Sam's not, Sam's, Sam doesn't, Sam doesn't like this line of uh, okay. reasoning, this line of logic. I, I wish I, <laughs> I like, I, I, if I had known we were going to be doing a deep dive into Nick Cannon, I would have done some research because I just feel like, yes, I don't know what he's done. That's bad. But like, part of me is like, I have a bad taste in my mouth around Nick Cannon. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I agree. I agree that he has charisma. I agree that he has <laughs> A lot of you can't children. say my guy don't have charisma. No, yeah, you, that is a fact. That is the elephant in his room. Is that that charisma? <laughs> you can't avoid it. But something's up with him, and it feels bad. And I can't. You mean? Well, let me tell you, you something. Let me tell you something about Nick Cannon. With six women in like one year. Is <laughs> let me tell you something about Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon could have done "There Will Be Blood," but Daniel Day Lewis could not have done "Love Don't Cost a Thing." No, this dumb bitch. You are one dumb bitch. <laughs> I wish there would be blood had Nick Cannon in it. Honestly, I'd, okay. I'd, I'd circle, I'd come back to it way more often. Do you think imagine, Sean Penn could have imagine, done Drumline? I don't think so. Imagine Nick Cannon being like, I've abandoned my boy. <laughs> <laughs> my son. I've, I've abandoned my child. Wow. I would love that. I, I would love to hear him do that, boys. You know, Drumline um, was actually a movie I watched when I. Uh, made out with my high school girlfriend for an extended period of time in my basement. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So Nick Cannon kind of holds a special place in your life and heart. And that's why you hadn't that, really mentioned that. Right. And maybe that's why you're distrustful of him because you were living a lie at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it became that thing. Like it became like the flirty, like even like keyword. It was like, maybe we should watch Drumline again. Like she would text oh. that to me. And I was like, yeah, maybe we should watch Drumline again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't, he was, that movie was, he was supposed to be like a movie star. I mean, I guess he was, but like, I felt like he was supposed to be like, I, like what he was supposed to be like Will Smith, I feel like. I feel like that's what they were trying to position him into being like the next generation's Will Smith. And man, and that dream really flamed out. It didn't well, work it out was like that, the, the field was too crowded during that time. Like, because I feel like a similar thing you could say happened with like Freddie Prince Jr. Like there were there are a lot of yeah. like guys that were around that age that that were trying to be the next. It was like the heartthrob era. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was um, oh, like uh Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartman. Like oh, yeah. sure. And he got closer, I would say, than the other two. But then uh Josh Hartman was in that was the guy in training day, right? Was that is that no, Josh that's Hartnett? Ethan. Wait. I mean Who's he's the... not the main Who... guy. The main guy, I think, is Ethan Hawk. Okay, then yeah, yeah, okay. But You're is right. he another? Josh Hartman was in a he was in another like cop movie with maybe a black guy. Wait, I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, just yeah, just Google Josh Hartnett 
top movie black guy. Well, he was mark. okay. So the big that. thing was Pearl Harbor. No black people in that film. No, Cuba Gooding Jr. was in Pearl Harbor. Oh, well, he's not on the cover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're trying. They're, there's a they're shadow banning my guy Cuba yeah. Gooding. <laughs> yeah, they're shadow banning. They're shadow banning Cuba. It's fucked up. Wow, man. Kate Beckinsale and Ben Affleck made it, but not. Cuba Gooding, who was the only one with an Oscar of the team at the time. Actually, that's not true. Ben Affleck had already won for Goodwill Hunting. Anyway, is this interesting? <laughs> is, is this interesting? It is, it is for me. These are Cuba Gooding Jr. and Nick Cannon are two celebrities that I, I mean, love to God, talk about. Cuba Gooding Jr., talk about someone who really was on top of the world and then did Snow Dogs. He did do Snow Dogs. He also did that movie with Beyonce. Um, the Fighting Temptations. The Fighting oh, Temptations. Right where she was like the leader of the, I'm glad Beyonce, I feel like Beyonce's seen the light and she's like, oh, I shouldn't be in any more movies. She's sort of like, I'm making the wrong choices. Also, I'm bad at this. I'm going to kind of go go back to not, remember, well, she, was in the, holding she was out. in the Austin Powers movie. She was I, oh, in the I know. Austin Powers movie. <laughs> and she was in Obsessed. Did you ever see that? I never saw Obsessed. I did I wanted see to. Obsessed. Obsessed she, has an incredible climactic scene where Beyonce throws yes. Allie Larder down a, off a ledge or off like a yeah off a legend of in a mansion and then Ali Larder is still not dead yet so then the chandelier falls on her and kills her spoiler yeah I want to say about the Beyonce thing that she knew she shouldn't be in movies anymore I don't know if I would be able to have that self-control I kind of think I would be a little more gaga-ish where if I were like if I could be in movies and just because I would just do it, even if it was bad, even if everyone hated it, I would still be like, yeah, I'll do it. How about you guys? Has, <laughs> has Lady Gaga been in any other movies other than the stars born? No, she's going to be in house of Gucci though. The trailer and she was that. American oh. horror story. I did not see that season, uh, but yeah. I do want to see house of, house of Gucci. I mean, we're all going to watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's no, gonna we, be fun. It'll be a well, Straighter Lab will rent out a movie theater, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, okay. So, in terms of Beyonce's film career, if you don't think <laughs> if you don't think she literally has found the perfect movie that she is releasing in like 2027 and already is planning the Oscar campaign, you are living in a dream world, my friend. Oh, really? You think she's going to try to come back in a movie oh, way? Beyonce has said There's... on record that she wants to win an Oscar. Like, she's she's going to have her Star is Born moment. And in fact, it would have There's... been Star is Born, which was originally going to be with her. Um, oh. oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was going to be her and... Oh, God, I can't remember who the guy was, but it was going to be directed by Clint Eastwood at one point with Beyonce. Oh. I th Well, I th it was supposed to be... Her big moment was supposed to be Dreamgirls, I feel like. But yes. then Jennifer Hudson was way better. Yeah, and, and Beyonce was not Jennifer even nominated. Hudson. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, tough. But I do agree, though. There's got to be a point where she... I feel like it's got to be a biopic. Bi biopic? Bi yeah. yeah, I think a biopic like would be definitely be. like the safe... That would be like the safe route. And then the like slightly less safe route would be going the like uh, ugly, uglified... <laughs> Route. She's gonna oh, be in a, a, like doing like a monster. <laughs> no, she can't do that. I don't think she has it in her to do that. She's got to do something where she can be like glamorous and play like, like a like a jazz singer from the forties. Yeah. but like you know there will be at least like one scene where she has no makeup and is doing like heroin. Yeah. But yes, no. there's gonna be a scene where they find her in the bathtub and she's like, <laughs> I can't keep living like this. Yeah. <laughs> And like her, like her husband, who's like also doing drugs, who's a bad guy, is like really trying to save her. Like that's you're right. 
I, I think that's her path. I think she I can't get, take yeah. the risky path because she's she's not talented enough at, at, at acting. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, here's my... Wait a second. Wait. Did, did, did I just... Is that a fucked up... Are we not saying that? Or is that... Look, look, is look. that against... No, are we Devin. saying Beyonce's a good Devin. actor on this podcast? Devin. Look, Devin. the point isn't whether you're good or, at There's acting There's no such thing as good acting. Everyone that's good at acting is bad at acting. It's just It's just about finding the right role. And when oh, it comes sure. to Oscars, especially, like, that's not what it's about. Have you seen Meryl <laughs> okay. Streep playing uh, Margaret Thatcher? It was fully no. drag race. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen that. Um, wait, should we do our first segment? Yeah, let's do our first segment. Um, I thought there was no scr- I thought there was no structure. I thought you guys were deconstructing the meeting. Well, wait until you hear what this segment is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a commentary on segments, Devin. It's literally a commentary <laughs> on segments. <laughs> Okay, George, will you introduce it? Uh, fine. Okay, Devin, <laughs> our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we ask you a series of rapid fire questions where you have to choose between okay. one thing or another thing. Okay. Inspired by straight culture. And the one rule is you can't <laughs> ask any follow up questions about how the game works. And if you do, you will lose. <laughs> okay, Sam, so I'm just, take I'm just it blindly, away. I'm just, I'm just blindly picking stuff. Is that a Sam, question? That's not a question. It didn't sound like a question to me. Um, okay, Devin. Dear Evan Hansen or Dear in the headlights? <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen. Okay, Devin. Childhood trauma or no more drama? Uh, no more drama. Mine's kind of similar to this, actually. Uh, civil engineering or emotional manipulation? <laughs> <laughs> emotional manipulation. <laughs> Okay, majoring in anthropology or shopping at the clothing store anthropology? Shopping at the clothing store. Okay, fall foliage or summertime sadness? (laughs) Summertime sadness. The Real Housewives or The Real Slim Shady? (laughs) The Real Slim Shady. (laughs) Pronouncing Mario Mario or pronouncing (laughs) Sopranos Sopranos? (laughs) Uh, Sopranos. Restorative justice or restorative yoga? Restorative justice. <laughs> wow, incredible. Yeah, yeah wow. No, I love it as a concept. I would say a hundred, uh, you're, you, you know, you hit it out of the park. I've never seen that kind of confidence. Does. No follow-up questions, <laughs> no pausing between answering. All no. the, I felt like it was a good mix of answers. To me, that was an A+. That was an A plus, and you gave the proper um, amusement. You know, some some of these guests, and we won't name names, but you know, we'll run through it, and they'll sort of be like, "Yeah, I get it. You're doing a bit," and you know, you sort of smirk, you giggle at the proper points, and you know, you're not hamming it up. You're just giving us enough That's to right. keep going, and I really <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting more of a laugh with restorative justice or restorative yoga, but I think you know. You laughed at the other ones, you know, sure, so sure. far B, you've been okay, guys, maybe a B, maybe a B. I, guys, I was trying to, I was, I was trying to go, go along with it. I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to hesitate too much. I'm just going to, I'm going to plow forward. Yeah. You and know? you did. I don't and plow, wanna... you did. <laughs> Wait, Sam, do you not say the Sopranos? I, no, I say the Sopranos. Fuck. What do you say? Sopranos. I love Devin, that. what do you say? Sopranos. I say Sopranos. Oh, I guess that I makes like... sense. In the show, they say Soprano. Oh, do they? Well, there you yeah, go. But I feel like they, they, I feel like they call him Tony Soprano. Yeah. On the show. But like, culturally, you know, <laughs> we say Soprano. 
Wow, is his ethnic name too difficult for you to pronounce correctly? <laughs> no, I don't want to wear his culture as a costume, so I say it in my way. Sure, you, you don't do want to be you one of those people that's like, I will have an enchilada when you're going to like the, <laughs> the, the taqueria. You know, that is a oh. tough little balance. I guess that's um, true. Wait, a, be, be honest, be honest with me, guys. Are your parents those people? No, my, well, parents, my parents are, are foreign, so... Oh, no. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> my parents are like, they know, like, they can say, like, quesadilla, of course, but they don't put, like, mm. like, I do think if they say, like, if they saw an arroz con pollo on the menu, they would sort of be like, they might say polo, you know? Mm. Okay. I will, I will say my dad is on the wrong side of history uh, and with this kind of thing. I am... Uh, I'm from Texas, and so we definitely were just like around a lot of Mexican food and people. One time I had a Mexican girlfriend, and her dad's name was uh, just Bob or Robert, and my dad would always call him Roberto no. in a way that no one, and no one did that. No one told him to do that. He just would. And I'd be like, Dad, you can just call him Bob. And he's like, no, I'm trying to respect the culture. And I'm like, you're you're getting it backwards. Don't. <laughs> yeah. It, I guess my parent. First, yeah, I mean, my mom once asked me if a margarita is a type of wine, so I don't think that she would have an issue <laughs> with pronouncing things too authentically when it comes to Mexican restaurants. But oh. because she's not American and because she grew up in Greece, it, it, she is fascinated by, and in, in, in not a, in not like a problematic way, just like she loved when we lived here being in like a diverse society of any kind. So she's like fascinated by like other cultures. So she would meet someone and they'd be like, maybe for Mexico. And she would ask like two personal questions because to her, it was like exciting to learn about another culture, which I think, mm. unfortunately, you have to, you know, the, you have to go the wasp route of being afraid of everything. Yeah. Right. In mm. many ways, that is the more respectful route. Yeah. <laughs> it's being important like, to live it, in a diverse society and not learn anything from it. Yeah, it's important. Sometimes ignorance is good because mm -hmm. it's better to be ignorant than to be like obsessed. That's right. Yeah, That's exactly. why, you Shut know, up. when people when people are always trying to talk about learning <laughs> or, or, or sort of like, educating, educating themselves. That's right. Like, Social justice reading list. I'm always like, you don't need to know any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're coming off as like, fetishizing this stuff <laughs> don't don't learn that stuff yeah yeah in fact i would say going to college is appropriation <laughs> mm. <laughs> so true so true you know who didn't you know didn't go to college jesus nick cannon my guy didn't oh nick, <laughs> nick cannon G jesus christ you know some of the top some top of the ones. top charismatic leaders <laughs> <laughs> was nick cannon in all that yes he was sort of okay. in like at like kind of like post Keenan, like right. when they were trying to post Keenan uh, and like Amanda Bynes and them, they like right, brought in like a right, new right, cast. Yes. I guess that's where I first it, saw him, yeah. It, it didn't last very long. Yeah. Huh. Well, he outgrew it, one could say. That's true. <laughs> it's, how old were you when you realized that like, it took me starting comedy to realize that Wild and Out is just improv games. That's it's like It's like improv games that you play at like summer camp. And that's the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, another thing that took me a while to, this is different, but like the talking head shows on VH1 and stuff, mm. like there was a moment where it, I, I kind of started realizing, oh, this is people's jobs. 
<laughs> like, and not just that, I want to be one of those people. <laughs> Me too. I wanted to be on I Love the 90s so bad. Yeah. Oh my God. I That was a true fantasy. We mm-hmm. actually have a story. Oh, we should tell the Can story. Can we talk about this? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. And then we'll get into the topic because I feel like we are not letting Devin speak it up. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, it's because of the elephant in the room, but we'll tell this story is good. And maybe you, maybe they hit you up too. It was, they were trying to reboot like lifestyles of the, oh, it was the fabulous life. The fabulous life. Where it was like, you know, being like, you told me about this. Oh, I did? I think so. Um, And it was like, they had us, they were like, will you do it? We'll pay you $500. And we were like, that's really low, but sure. Cause we do, we've always wanted to be talking heads on. Like, we always wanted to be show. talking heads. I think also it was going to be the two of us together, which I think would have been like really fun. And also they were like, yeah, it's going to be just like a few, a couple of hours shoot, like whatever. So we were like, oh, maybe it's like a test pilot. Maybe it's like one episode. It turns out we were going to be shooting things that would be used in four different episodes. So we'd be paid $500 to be in four episodes of television that they can air whenever they want. That, and, that's the thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, that's the thing that I like that really trips you out when you like when stuff starts to happen in this industry. Cause like you start, you're like, you know, like there's a certain time in your life where you're like, oh, VH1's like contacting me. Like, that's awesome. Like, I'm going to get to be on yeah. TV. And <laughs> yeah. then I've been reached out to about like certain TV stuff and they tell me how much money it is. And I'm just like, you. I'm, this is a, you work at a giant company. What are you talking about? You're going to give me $300 for this whole day of work. Fuck you. Like that literally, that literally just happened. They were like, yeah, it's like a 10 to six shoot. Uh, the rate's $211. I can't. They were like, yeah. they were like, are you free? I was like, yeah, but I'm not going to fucking do that. This is, it's, it's Viacom. You guys, you could give me $5,000 and not even blink. You guys spend more money than that on fucking sandwiches. So don't like, you know, I'm worth more than a sandwich. It is like, it's nice to just, the thing is the money is so little that it actually is cheap to have self, to have like some integrity. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there, it could be like a, 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 an amount that was almost enough. And then it made you think like, oh, maybe I should do this. But it is so little that it actually makes you feel good to say no, because you're like, this literally would not make a difference in my life. Exactly. Because honestly, if, it, if it's like $700, you're like, well. I know. I know. I was, that, we literally like, talked about that. We were like, if they give us 700, like, yeah, yeah we would do it. <laughs> like, you're like, it's still, it's still not enough money, but you're like, well, that's, you know, that, that really, that's going to knock a chunk out of rent. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would not say no. But so we got, so basically Sam and I kind of like realized last minute what was happening. Also this, I mean, another thing people don't know, sorry to be like all industry talk, talking about our major successes of turning down um, $500. Two hundred dollars, two to $500. But like another thing people don't know is that all this stuff happens so last minute. So they will tell you about it and they'll be like, well, we're recording tomorrow. And so you're like, mm-hmm. okay, we're recording tomorrow and there's no leeway and you can't negotiate and you won't know what's happening until it. Oh, the other thing is, well, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it. The other thing is that like, the, the premise of the show was not really what we thought it would be. Like it was gonna be like celebrating people's wealth. <laughs> It was literally going to be like, well, we're going to talk about how they're all like really good philanthropists. And I was like, no, I don't that. So wait, you're going to pay me $500 to be like, to, to, uh, 
praise celebrities for being such good philanthropists. <laughs> Toxic. And so then we said no. And then this crazy, <laughs> angry producer called us and just like, like hardballed us. And it like was trying to like pressure us to go in. And it was so crazy. And thank the Lord that George was there because I was just like, like truly shaking <laughs> like I was like scared and George was like look I don't know what to tell you we're not doing this like <laughs> I really did I it was actually I was very proud of I was really like amped up after we hung up on that call because I was like I felt like I was in a movie I was like Sandra Bullock in really? um, our brand is crisis a movie I've never seen but I saw the trailer of yeah. where she's like <laughs> She's like on the phone or like, you know, Carrie Washington or whatever. I was like, what? Isn't she the one that says it's handled? I don't I I've never seen that show, but probably. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't sure. but, um, but I truly was like, I got into the zone and I was like, well, now there's no way out of this. I'm literally going to talk to you like I am Sandra Bullock in our brand is crisis. And I, she was like, I was like, listen, it's obviously not like, this is a complete joke. Like Sam and I have been paid more money to literally like post things on Instagram. Like I was like also kind of talking out of my ass. I've never paid, been paid more money to post things on Instagram, but I was like, but you could, but I could, I know people who have. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, and then, but she also like got on the call and immediately, or without, without try, like at that point, you want to like charm someone into changing their mind. Like that, the whole thing is to be like, you know, I know this isn't ideal, but like we really love your guys's voice and we really want you, like we think you'd be such a great fit for it. And maybe like if you do this, then we'll work on other projects. She got on the phone and was immediately like, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. This is not ideal for us. And <laughs> I mean, we have a whole crew planned out, like blah, blah, blah. And, and then I was, and she was like, what can I say to make you guys do? And I was literally like, you can offer more money. That would be the thing that would change our minds. And she was like, well, I can't do that, but this will speak, but this would be great exposure. And I was like, you did not just say the word exposure towards me. Like <laughs> she also was like, well, this is what everyone else is getting. This is what we're offering everyone. So if you think you're better than everyone, then, and it was yeah. like, you're like, okay, give, you're like, give it yeah, to them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> man that's just like yeah that's not a reason like if you're being shitty to everyone that doesn't mean that's a good thing this is insane yeah it's like yeah. i'm already i'm already paying to produce my own podcast so maybe <laughs> maybe someone here needs a reality check about what i will and will not do for fame oh <sighs> wow they love they love they love to be like they love to be like we really love your voice they love like they love to be like oh, we we're we're such huge fans and i'm like that number does not say that because that's not yeah yeah that's not you know the what's number crazy that you give to people is like i heard stories like this i all like this is how people in entertainment are portrayed in movies like this is how people i knew who were very successful talked about it and yet you always think it's going to be different for you you're like like you hear these stories and you're like yeah but like when i get something on vh1 it'll like i'll be able to buy a home <laughs> <laughs> no uh, nope um, okay, let's get into our topic. I feel I know, but I'm also like, wow, wait. I'm like, maybe this is not a fun detour, but I'm like, Devin, we also had another experience with oh, um, no. an evil producer in. <laughs> oh no, Sam! Sam had a much bigger problem with this person than I did. Sam like had like a real vendetta against this woman. Sam like truly. I mean, this the the lady was like a little off, and I didn't fuck with her. Like I didn't I didn't like her. She was like weird, but like truly, there'd be times where she like 
she'd like just like walk in a room and Sam would be like uh, and would just leave so, so no no like, no yes. she was going she was doing stuff to me she was being yeah. insane you guys had you guys had a different kind of report but go ahead Sam. talk about the lady <laughs> well so first just to, to, to preface this Sam and I worked at Comedy Central and they put us in a uh in a house to make TikToks with like a big oh I remember like a guy who's a, who's like famous on the internet you probably talked about this on my podcast already no uh, we who, haven't actually Oh, you're not I didn't know you. Yet. I didn't know you were willing to go there, Sam. <laughs> yeah, this is a little more honest than we normally go. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't fear any repercussions from those people specifically. I don't. Know. They don't, they don't well, they've all like been fired anymore. since then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. None of them even work at the company anymore. Also, even when we worked there, they never let us do anything. You know what I mean? Even yeah, when we no, were the only people there, who actually have power are up. like Rupert Murdoch, and he's not listening <laughs> to Stradio Lab. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm not scared to talk. Yeah. About. Go ahead, Tim. Well, basically, we were we were in this house to make these TikToks, and like it was in like peak COVID. It was truly November of 2020, and so it was mm-hmm. like <laughs> like we're having all these like requirements of how we travel and stuff. But then like we're assured everything needs to be like quarantined and safe. And then they <laughs> one like literally put us in like coach on like a fucking plane. And it's just like, okay, well, you don't with, care. Uh, with with a flight with a layover in Dallas. With we a layover to, in Dallas. Yeah. In peak COVID. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we had to get we had to get on a plane, then get off a plane, hang out in Texas for a couple hours and then take another flight. And then, and then they, they put us then they had us quarantined and that part was tight. That was the best part of the trip. Yeah, but it was not a quarantine in any sense. It was, we were just, they were like, you're quarantining in a hotel. And it was like, no, we're staying in a hotel. You can't just call things quarantine. Like, (laughs) they literally did not care what we did. And they were like, oh, like we were supposed to get food in this like room that was like private. And they were like, there wasn't food there. And I called the producer, this angry producer. And she was like, just go to the restaurant. And I was like, are Are you you quarantined? (laughs) <laughs> you wanted to go to the restaurant in the middle of COVID, like when we're supposed to be quarantining. It was crazy, yeah. and I was well, like, I "I'm think... fine with it. I'm down to party." This was it was like truly yeah. a really fun night. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was a blast. The night. COVID also... stuff in the in like shoot like COVID um, precautions or whatever in the entertainment industry. Like, I'm surprised there hasn't been there has been some stuff written about it, but I'm surprised there hasn't been like a large damning like New York Times investigation. Like, from what I understand from people, like. It is all a complete charade. Like no one is following it. I mean, now people are vaccinated. It's slightly better. Although I've heard that basically if you're a celebrity and you're unvaccinated, no one, there are no repercussions. Like even if there are vax only events like fashion events and stuff and you're unaccinated they basically just turn a blind eye but that's it's like its own thing but in the thick yeah, of covid not, basically there were Jamie people Fox. who were, yeah Jamie Foxx can come to the party <laughs> basically i mean there were people whose job was like covid coordinator and it was literally like some random guy it wasn't it wasn't like a, a professional of some sort it was like some guy who had that position and then like everyone like kind of tried to wear a mask it was insane but eventually yeah, they put it, a- it, this lady kept she like was mad at me because I kept calling her <laughs> and then she was like mad at me because she was like well you guys broke COVID precautions and I was like you told me to eat in a restaurant what are you talking about I mean truly I didn't like I don't think any of us quarantined even for a moment I also missed my flight to I missed my flight <laughs> I missed my flight the flight was at like eight o'clock and I like I don't know what I set alarms and everything and I truly I woke up at like 803 and it was just a wrap. And so then they had to like set up a whole different flight for me. And when I got there, truly, I like put my bags down and went and met everybody. And everybody was fucked up at the restaurant. And, 
And uh, then, yeah, we just kept getting drunk for the rest of the night uh, on Comedy Central's dime. That was my favorite part of the, the trip. That was, that was actually really fun. Um, yeah, also, and then, you know, talking about how Viacom won't pay you $200 to, you know, do the shoot. Uh, uh, Devin, remind me how much that Uber was that oh, they yeah. paid for you to take from Palm Springs to L.A. to get tested for COVID and back. <laughs> uh hold on i think i have it i think i have i think i have i took a, i think i took a screenshot yeah so we we got we were connected to the the comedy central uh like uber account so like we had we had we had access to like charge it to their card and they because i missed my flight they were like we can't get a covid person out here in time so like it's like sam had a covid person say i got there say sam got there at like noon i got there at like 8 p.m and they're like well they can't come back. Whoever that COVID person was, they were like, we can't get them again. So like tomorrow you actually have to take a two hour Uber from Palm Springs to like Glendale or something like that. And I had to go uh, and, and I had to put that on Comedy Central's Don. Hold on one second. Also that, that trip to go get the COVID ride or to go get the COVID test, I went to this place and it was in a parking lot in Glendale and they would just, they would do your test in the parking lot. Then they would just walk up to you and tell you your results. And so I was in the parking lot standing and saw several people just learn that they had COVID. They weren't being covert about it in any sort of way. One of them was like, it was like this, it was like a guy and his girlfriend. Uh. And like, they apparently they like lived together. And like, he, I saw them walk up and say to the girl, like, you don't have COVID. But the, to the guy, they were like, you have it. And the girl like dropped to her knees. She was like, no. <laughs> And I'm seeing, I'm just seeing all of this unfold in the parking lot. It was a, it was an experience. Hold on, but I'm, I'm supposed to find out how much this this Uber trip was. Well, while like, you're looking, I just want to say like another reason all of this is so frustrating is because ultimately, like the people we're interacting with often are just as exploited as the as the like the day rate people on set. Like it's just like totally. Basically, it's all. I mean, especially with the IATSE stuff right now, like all these people that are like, you know, line producers and like wardrobe people and whatever, like the reason the whole experience is so frustrating is because they also don't know what they're supposed to be doing. They're also not getting the correct guidance and everyone is being underpaid literally except for like Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. <laughs> like, Unless so, they, yeah. so to them, yeah. they probably are as frustrated about us as we are about them because no one has like, and the whole reason you had to like take an Uber to go to Palm Springs or whatever, or to go to LA is because like, they didn't want to pay someone slightly more to be like on the set to do this job. Yes. Well, also the insane thing about that whole thing, I, mean, I guess they couldn't have done, but like they had a COVID lady who would come test us like every day. Remember like yeah. when we were in the house, they had a lady. So I was like, why couldn't that lady just be the one I, uh, I found the Uber. It was each, it was $900 each way. <laughs> So they did have enough money to pay eighteen hundred dollars for you to get COVID tested. You see, like, I for the life of me, I can't figure out how this shit works. Because, like, yeah, they spent two thousand dollars for me to go to and from there. They also put us up. They put us up in a nice hotel. That hotel was like it was like a pretty nice hotel, and they just let us do room service. So we were just like, we were running it up, and nobody ever brought it up to us. We were spending no. so much money. I thought somebody at some point would say something, and nobody ever did. We I was were sure like, we were going to get in trouble. Me too, because we were ordering so many drinks and margaritas. I was getting food delivered to the room before <laughs> I left. Everybody, everybody was like, hey, can you get, um, they were like, hey, can you get those s'mores kits that they have in the 
in the like gift in like the gift shop and I got like seven s'mores kits and they all cost like 20 bucks a piece and I was just like oh yeah go ahead and put that on the room and then I brought them for everybody that was that that, <laughs> that was part cool. was awesome all right now I'm like this sounds kind of fun I wish I had <laughs> a comedy central digital creator <laughs> that's uh, I oh, mean, uh be careful what you wish the for thing that. yeah the thing we always kept coming back to was at least we get paid for this at least we are getting paid no we I was very grateful like, to have a job it was a job so I can, I can never say they didn't give me a job I'll never say that about comedy <laughs> um wait okay this is such a different episode than normal this was true hollywood tales true hollywood. Um, yeah i guess wait yeah what were we supposed to talk we didn't talk well about it's so funny <laughs> we started out talking about being exploited and then it, we ended up at like yeah we we're going to restaurants every night and having s'mores <laughs> uh, and and paying two thousand dollars for ubers and they had they flew us coach and not business like <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, I'm here. I'm I here like can't tell. Yeah. I can't tell if um, I I can't tell how in touch or out of touch any of us are. I yeah, it, yeah it is complicated. Yeah, we thought there was a, we thought there was a, cl- a clear good side and a bad side, yeah, and then yeah. we hear ourselves speak and we're like, oh, okay, maybe we're well, but maybe we're part of the problem. But it also encourages. I don't know. I just I think it encourages everyone to lose their minds because. There's no it, when there's no job security, you never know if you're gonna make any money next month, and everyone is also like kind of crazy to begin with. It's not a good cocktail. That's true. They just had us living. They just had us like living with a TikTok star. Basically, it was an interesting time. It was weird. He was fun though. I was. I liked that guy. I I I told him I was like I expected to really hate you, and you are pretty cool. Yeah, I was surprised. He was like nice and funny. It was more yeah. like. Yeah, it's like we have different goals, and that's right. kind of yeah. Um, wait, should we do our topic or is that yeah? Insane? Yeah, let's do our topic. Let's do our topic. We're okay. We're literally gonna okay. The podcast starts now. Okay, the podcast starts now. <laughs> okay, should we do the clap? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Um, Devin, because this is not a visual medium, people can't see yeah. the the visual gag that you did in the middle of our intro, <laughs> which is that you left the screen and came back wearing both a camo shirt and a camo jacket and camo pants oh, camo I pants. Yes, wow because yeah. your topic is would you like to introduce uh, my topic is camouflage that's my that's my straight topic of the day I, so this is obviously such a rich topic i mean we could go literal i mean it's a sign it's a symbol of the military industrial complex we could go <laughs> Uh, we could go more metaphorical, camouflaging, fitting in, being in the closet. You know, <laughs> there's really so many different directions. But I want to know why you chose this topic and what about it is uh, makes it straight. Um, I chose this topic because it feels so inherently straight because of the, the connotation that it had, like growing up. You know, like like growing up uh, as a Texas, especially like this sort of like. So there's like the military camo, but then like the the hunter camo specifically. Right, you're in hunter I, camo right now. Yeah. Yes, I'm I'm wearing like real tree, you know, like blend in so that you can shoot a duck. Yes. Kind of camo, um, <laughs> a duck, specifically a duck, uh, and I don't know. Yeah, I grew up with like a type of guy who wore this like as fashion, and that's what this reminds me of. Uh, that's that's just the the kind of guy who like wouldn't admit to have a feeling but also is like as like one of the most sensitive people you've ever met 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, a it's like the always only like... acceptable form of fashion is wearing hunting or military gear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And something about it, uh, yeah, just feels inherently heterosexual to me. Yeah, I'm really, you know, we talked about this before that we started recording, but I'm really into camo right now. I, I get quite a bit of it. Um, and I do think <laughs> there's, there's something about like, as a kid or even like teen or whatever, like, it was like kind of scary when someone wore camo. Like it was like, okay, yeah. you're a type of person I will not be able to interact with. And yeah. <laughs> almost like, <laughs> and George knows where this is going, but like, I do feel like in the same way that like <laughs> leather culture was inspired by like <laughs> Nazis, you know, and you're like, I'm afraid of them. So it's kind of hot. Is like camo is like, I'm afraid <laughs> of this, so it's kind of hot. <laughs> okay. It does, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so to me, I mean, a, a kind of a, a recurring theme in this podcast is like something will be, we'll talk about how something is like really, really straight. And then there'll be a pause and then Sam will be like, and it's kind of hot, right? <laughs> well, it's like, it, it, there's something it so- did Also, the way that, the way that Sam, you just described it, it does sound like you kind of have wanted to fuck a Nazi. I know, no, I didn't, no, the no, Nazi no. thing really yeah. caught me off guard. Yeah. Okay, the way you said, you're like, yeah, it's just the, sw- the swastikas and the leather, it's sort of yeah. something about it's sexy. No. I don't know. I don't know that is about just, it is no that's not sexual. <laughs> that's not sexual to me that is what inspired like tom of finland stuff is like mm. <laughs> okay like, guys who in the sound of music are you attracted to one two three rolf <laughs> so, <laughs> my impression of Sam. I'm, i am not attracted to nazis it's just it is a fact that leather culture was <laughs> partially inspired by nazi uniforms okay fair, fair. i mean the nazi uniforms were um like Weren't they de- designed by like by Hugo Boss? Teams? Yeah, it was, am I, mean, I wrong? Like, something like it something was something like that. like that. They had like, I mean, you can't tell me the bits didn't go off. You know what I'm saying? You can't tell me the like. <laughs> yeah, Hugo Boss. The, Hugo the, Boss literally was in the Nazi party and then m- made the he made the uniform. <laughs> I mean, and that's just proof cancel culture is not real, right? <laughs> You can literally design the Nazi uniform and still have stores and malls. Also, Coco Chanel <laughs> yeah. was a Nazi. Yeah, what? Coco Chanel was. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Really that's well, like, like no well-documented thing. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Marge Simpson is complicit when she wears that little pink suit. <laughs> mm. Damn. But, you know, are people ready for that conversation? But that's not. I'm, again, do people think? <laughs> I'm not. Am I coming off really horrifically in this episode? No, 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 no. I think you, you know, you were trying to think like, what's the worst that, you know, it's like, um, you were talking about how there is, you can have this, there's an allure to a forbidden attraction. So then you were like, what's the worst thing I can think of? And you said Nazis, but we weren't ready for that. So we were caught <laughs> <Yeah>. off guard. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, you look, you look great. We just, we, we had to do some math in our heads. Yeah. <laughs> But I, but yeah, camo, camo is Nazis. Camo. Yeah. Well, camo is like military. So yeah, it is. It's like, I mean, it's not, you know, it might not be Nazis per se, but it is people that are murdering. That's right? true. And even, and even the, the hunters are also murdering in a different and way. And the hunters are murdering animals and animals. Wait. Wait, George, George, where are you from? Are you from a place with like hunting kind of kids? Well, so I, we moved back and forth when I was young. And when we lived here, we lived in New Jersey. But then I, most of my life, I was in Greece. And Greece, in fact, okay, so Sam knows this, but like, I am supposed to do my mandatory military service as a Greek citizen. And mm. I have been like, a big part of my life is like proving every year that I'm uh, 
a resident of the United States so that I don't have to do my Greek military service. But because it's part of the culture, I grew up with like military and Navy imagery being very common and almost like not even attached to the idea of war because Greece was never like hasn't you know yeah, Greece yeah, hasn't we, been in a war in the last like few decades it's more yeah. just like it's a form of like national service so like everyone has to do their mandatory military service for like I think it's like a year so like I remember when my dad did it and was in the navy and I like visited him there or like my cousin did it and was like stationed being, in be, being in the Greek military seems chill Exactly. You know, I mean, I, I, I have always thought like if truly if I don't want to deal with like being gay in the military, but like if I wasn't, I truly would do it. It's like a vacation. <laughs> like, I mean, and you also like if you even fit. have the, the least bit of a um, uh, what's the word? If you are in the know, even the least bit and, you know, like someone who works in the office of the whatever, you can kind of like <laughs> weasel your way into like being stationed like on a Greek island. <laughs> which is like the ideal mm. thing so you would basically just be like doing some jumping jacks every day on a on in santorini <laughs> and there's no danger doing going to war jacks. like there's no danger uh-huh. of going to war there's no ethical i mean because the military is not actually killing people or going to war i don't feel any ethical way about it I mean, you're truly just like doing it sure yeah is that Wait, crazy anyway watch? that's that's my association with the military is that which was like just a very big part of greek life and then when i lived in the state i lived in new jersey like during the late 90s early 2000s so it was like post 9 11 jingoism mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. people wearing nypd t-shirts or yeah. people wearing like camo to support the troops or like like so my association with it in america is very post 9 11 iraq war and then otherwise it's like Greek. There's a lot of like Greek comedies about people being in the military. Mm-hmm. There's like a famous one where it's like, a, you know, it's like a comedy musical and like a woman dresses up as a guy because she wants to follow her boyfriend to the Navy. It's like, it's all very like fun and not dark. Mm. So okay. yeah. So but but not the not the hunting kids. Those kids were not. No, we no, and because I I'm trying. Yeah. So like when I was in America, I was in New Jersey. So there was and it was like pretty. It was like suburban. It was like think like suburban, you know, northeast. Like, mm. yeah. I mean, there were a lot of Republicans, but they weren't like hunting Republicans. They were like suburban Republicans. Republicans. Yeah, yeah. But you grew up with hunting. I, I grew up uh, in very close proximity to kids who did hunt. I grew up like, I grew up right outside of Austin. Oh, okay. Uh, and so like, it is a place where, you know, the like, we were on the outskirts of like the, the, the weirdness that is Austin. Also, it's, it's funny to like, now like reflecting back on the weirdness that was Austin, it was just like every now and again, you would like see a girl with blue hair. That was, the, <laughs> that was kind of the whole thing. That was like, the, the, like, oh, Austin's so weird. It was just because the state was so Republican. Yeah. You know, it was so yeah. Republican and like red that you could go there and you'd be like, oh, that, you know. A, yeah, a you could go to a punk will, show. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was, it was like, freaky, whoa. Uh, but I grew up kind of on the outskirts of that. So there was like, I, you, did you guys ever see the TV show Friday Night Lights? Yeah, I saw. I'm familiar with it. I, to you guys me, are familiar with it. Correct me if I'm wrong. To me, that seems like, a lot of people really love that show. And I'm like, do you secretly want to be a Republican? Well, you know, I well, Okay. So fun fact about that uh, TV show, they filmed a lot of the first season at my high school. Okay. And 
Um, so like it was it was a huge deal in our town, like especially in the pilot. There's like a bunch of kids and like teachers and coaches that I like know that I can spot out. Uh, but if you if for for the listeners, anyone who's watched that show, like my where I grew up was like not that different. Where it was like adjacent to Austin, but like and you know, so those ideals like weren't far off. But like I was very much like in a Texas town, mm-hmm. you know, with like the the for the so the hunting kids were very much like a part of it. And kids who like rode their trucks around in the mud for fun, those kids were. They Did were you feel like alienate? That was that alienating to you, or were you like um, intrigued by it as a young kid? Uh, it was just it was just separate for me. It was just like it was like oh those are those kids over there. That's the stuff that they do. There was also like, you know, plenty of like black kids at the school that I went to. So like, we you know I like found I like found friends who were like into the same kind of stuff as me, which was mostly just like, I guess playing sports and listening to like obscure bands that we found on MySpace. That was a big <laughs> part of my, you know. Being and like, so hey, like now, hear? if like you're going through kind of a camo phase, is it like yeah. you have enough? distance from it that you're like that now it's like a fun throwback absolutely absolutely and I think it like I don't know I think like me doing the camo in this way and Sam doing it we're both like subverting it in our own ways you know because mm-hmm. it's like if if Sam's if because it's like a, a straight white man wearing camo you're like get get it get him away from me get him <laughs> yeah. away from me don't don't let him touch me well in New York, you'll see a certain type of like fashion white guy who will do it in like a yeah. fashion way where you're like, okay. But a lot of, you know, if you have the mullet and you're doing the camo and you, you know, and you and you eat pussy, people are like, uh-uh, you can't. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, that's just like too many things. And so like, yeah. Yeah, it's very like Tiger Sam's... King. <laughs> Although I guess <laughs> exactly. he's gay, famously. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's a big part of this whole story. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that, that it's like that kind of vibe. And for me, yeah, I do feel like, something about it something about being far enough away from like that kind of kid makes it like i don't know now it's cool to me yeah well, i feel my uncle lives on a farm in north carolina and whenever i go visit i'm like uh, suddenly i'm like oh no i'm not subverting it here people just think i'm like normal and <laughs> like i'm supporting uh, a toxic culture when i'm wearing camo in north carolina I feel like there you got to like, you got to switch, you got to switch your whole vibe up there. You know what I mean? You got to, you yeah. got to bring sort of a, a very topsider energy. You know, like <laughs> right. To, I, yeah. You have to wrap, now, wrap, yeah. You have to be like a original, sweater around your neck. Right. It has to be original queer eye for the straight guy cast, like yes. pink <laughs> pants, sweater around your neck, <laughs> yeah. frosted tips even. I, Woo. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Go, ahead and, go ahead and spike that hair on up, my guy. <laughs> yeah. I could, I could, I could see that. That's got to, come back right it will it's like oh close. it's already like it, it's yeah, almost I feel like we're on the verge. right on the verge because like whenever like because it's like like i don't like 18 year olds are always kind of driving you know a lot of the like trends and like mm-hmm. what's happening those are they're always wearing the coolest shit and i feel like just like like we were little kids in the 90s and like we did the 90s so hard and now i feel like it's like we're right there with the aughts you know i mean some i mean this is not i'm you know this is not an original thought but like the way preppiness is coming back truly with a vengeance is like crazy to me. Like it is now I it, it'll people are going to be wearing like salmon shorts and and polos tucked in very soon. Uh, do you really? think we're going to do you think we're on the precipice of getting back to like Abercrombie and like Hollister times? Is that, I feel like it'll be more it'll point. be more like polo like Ralph Lauren like like sure. 
and Lacoste and, and things like that. Or even like Brooks Brothers. Like, I feel like it'll be like ironically waspy country club. You know what I will tell you is that was my vibe kind of like, kind, kind, of, in, kind of in high school and college. I kind of like was the dude because you know yeah it was like cool. con- it was like kind of cool I was like, doing I, that like, in college too yeah like, even like, like Vampire yeah. Weekend vibes yeah yeah or yeah, even like popping sure. your collar up like I remember watching like you know TRL and like the VJs would ha- be wearing like Abercrombie jeans and like a polo with a pop collar and that was like mm-hmm. the fashion me thing like the fashionable thing to do. <sighs> I have a, a camo, <laughs> like, I have a quote, um, I believe from Max Witter that I think is actually genius, where he just said, like, camo is leopard print for men. And um, <laughs> that has always really stuck with me. Fair, <laughs> it's, fair. it's also made leopard print and, like, cheetah print make more sense, because I was always kind of like, what is that? Like, it's such a weird choice in my mind. But now I'm like, okay, they're just kind of being weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're just being a little weird uh i don't know to me you've got to be a very specific type of person to really make leopard print and like cheetah print work i know i have tried to disastrous uh, effects i believe in you i think you could Thank do you. it because if you were doing it you wouldn't be doing it like wholly sincerely you'd be doing it You'd be doing it kind of ironically. Well, there's something about leopard print where it, it can only be ironic. Like, it's so yeah. difficult. It depends on who, I don't know. Tell that to, tell that to some people in Staten Island. You know what I'm talking about? I, yeah, I guess, like, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I do think, George, you could really pull it off with like like a tank or something. Like a cheetah print tank. And Because you're, Sam, you, got, you, got, you know <laughs> me. I could not pull off a cheetah print tank. George, you absolutely could. You absolutely could because you'd be hairy and you could wear a little it's gold like, chain. It's like it would work. One of the most insane things you've ever said. <laughs> no, it would absolutely work. It would be so cool. It, next okay, summer. well, you know what, listeners? If you find a good cheetah print tank, ethically sourced and ethically made that, that I can purchase, please let us know. We'll put it on the Patreon. <laughs> Uh, hold, hold on, I'm about to I'm gonna drop something in the chat real quick. Oh Just, wow, uh, multimedia alert! I I didn't know I. I <laughs> oh my god, Devin already found me a tank top. <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow! I mean, if you wore the spaghetti strap sleeveless leopard print crop. The, this is just so everyone knows the Amazon Amazon results for cheetah tank top. <laughs> huh? I think I think I think it would crush. All right. Um, I believe in you. Do we? <laughs> I think we actually managed um, to dive into it. Oh, uh, I agree. I agree. And I have one I'm... last point. Please. Yeah. Okay. Pink camo. Iconic. Th- that was like, do you, there was a, a, a very small moment. And I am talking about simply the Disney Channel original movie, Cadet Kelly, where, <laughs> pink, where pink camo was in the ether. And um. It was like girls can be in the military, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I feel like what if a like that would be a fun gay outfit? Is is pink is pink camo? And honestly, I feel like Devin also you would you could look great with a pink camo. <laughs> I think the the elephant in the room that we really haven't acknowledged in this way is that I think the person who could pull off pink camo the most is Samuel Taggart. Yeah, <laughs> I do feel like of of the three of us, I do. I like we have to. Okay, 
I've never talked to Sam about this, but I've always appreciated Sam. You have range uh, stylistically in that, True. like you do like sort of a um, you you like sort of like a like a bass fisherman's dad dad look. Yeah, you, you love that. But then also, like I've seen you on stage sometimes with like some like Daisy Duke shorts and like a <laughs> and like you know and like a and like a crop top like a, like muscle shirt with like yeah. a, you know you've got uh-huh. a you you've got a wide variety of of, of notes that you can hit. Sam True, does have the range, as they say. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, now that you're saying this, I'm like, you're right. I want a long sleeve pink camo t-shirt. I you think somehow like can pull off anything. Yeah. Wow. And I think it is because I think it is because Sam has a great butt. <laughs> I true? think that's a big reason. Yeah, it is true. Yeah, that's um, I I think we've really figured it out. Um, I feel so I just flattered. think, Sam, if you imagine if you had like a floppy flat ass, do you think you could pull mm. off the things you pull off? I think no. Mm. No, I think you're right. I, I, I actually do think there's something to this. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's is, literally what it's all about. Just, yeah, just being able to have the right kind of ass to make something happen. <laughs> Like, I and actually, that's kind of what the, entertainment, what the entertainment industry is about, too. It's like, yeah, we can all discuss whether we're getting paid $500 or $700. But at the end of the day, you just have to have a nice ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I can't think of a single flat-assed famous comedian. Well... There's no, there's no, there's no way Bill Burr is rocking that thing. I was you know about, to say. about there's, there's no way Bill Burr is packing heat in the back. There's that's it's just impossible. Yeah, I think there are plenty of male comedians who don't have great asses who are you know Jim famous. Jim Jim Gaffigan. Jim yeah, Gaffigan. I don't think Jim Gaffigan Jim, has a great. He got ass. the pancake. Yeah, he got the yeah. pancake. But Mike Mike Burbiglia, shut the fuck up. Mike Burbiglia. <laughs> There's no chance he got okay. cakes. No chance. You're right. You're right. What, what? What? Wait. What comedian? What famous comedian do you think? No, I was reaching. I was really. I mean, I. No. I bet Seinfeld has a good ass. Oh my mm. god! Classic you. <laughs> no, not like I'm not like uh, objectively. I bet he has like a good ass. Like I feel like in Seinfeld, he's like putting these jeans on, and his ass is kind of popping out. That's true. That's true. That's true. I, he, I get he, what you're saying. Yeah. He was always wearing a snug jean, and he, yeah, he always had his shirt tucked in. Right, yeah, he, he wanted kinda, to show it off. <laughs> you kind of see him. I, can't, him I really, I'm, I'm like, I should be able to think of, of someone. Who are the big comedians? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know, you know who probably got asked? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you know, because he's art, he's squat, he's short, and yeah. he's also like, he's also like a huge like fitness workout guy. Yeah, so you you guys I'm sure have come across this before. I've you'll come across sometimes an ass that like is really big and nice, but it's like a workout ass, so it's also like rock. Hard okay, so like- I was having this argument. I was like, <laughs> do you pref- well? It's different, obviously, because of society's yeah. gender expectation. <laughs> mm, mm, mm-hmm. Say that, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm like, I think a hard, I, I a hard ass is very impressive to me, like a large hard ass. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I think it's like Chappelle also is very like works out a lot and is like very, very uh, toned. Yeah, he did get I remember when he like got jacks. I don't. Yeah. One of the many ways he's perfect in every way. (laughs) 
honestly no no notes in, in, yeah no in notes there please in support I think, he, I think he's always doing the right thing but oh, I don't yeah, know. yeah. I, I've been there's been asses where I've been like that's I don't like how hard this is I yeah to yeah of, I get I want, that I want the ass to like move around a little bit, but again, society, you know, no so society, to, society is so messed up. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And we need to <laughs> yeah. talk about how that like impacts all of this. Society is bad. Well, and the, and not even to mention the media. Fuck the me- and social media, social, <laughs> social, me- and social media, media and the internet. These, it's like these, like our phones, what are they? It's like, we don't talk about what these are doing to us. Right. Yeah. Like they're, they're right. They have a lot of effects. Is your background Goldberg, yeah. that's what i thought it was okay i i did it was i i got a, a little peek of it but i wasn't sure great great yeah. photo um now what is someone uh, whatever i i sorry i just recently i recently rewatched sister act and i'm like it is such a shame that she is spending her this chapter of her life doing the view like she is one of the most charismatic no. actors we've had uh, ever no no i did well i disagree i don't think it's a shame where she's at in her i think that's kind of where she needed to and you know she's like 60 something years old no she likes she it i don't i don't think it's sad for her like i think she loves her life i just like as, a, as like a viewer i can you imagine if she was still doing like broad comedies but i mean that's the thing like so my background's been Whoopi goldberg for four years now just like different pictures of Whoopi goldberg because one time mm-hmm. i was like doing a festival in montana and uh we just had we whenever we'd have big sky we were I was doing Big Sky, and the weekend that we were there, uh, they were running like a Whoopi Goldberg marathon on like Stars or HBO or like one of those. And I was just like, whoa, she was like a black woman who was like one of like the biggest comedy stars who was like leading movies. It was you know? crazy. She was like an a, she was an A-list celebrity in a way that like we wouldn't really see for a long time. I mean, now maybe you have like Tiffany Haddish would be like the equivalent to that, but like- yeah. I don't know. It's she's still no. She I, was we'll a like one really of a kind. She's like yeah. a once in a generation kind of cultural figure. I think like exactly. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, and people forget like just the sheer number of movies during that. Like, I would say she had like a you know like a ten year period that was like her peak. Mm-hmm. She was just in like hit after hit after hit, and literally yes. won an Oscar. Was doing yep. like dramas and comedies. She's also like she's going a, she's on. She's like, egot. Yeah, she's egot. Respect. She dated Ted Danson. Another oh, another oh, comedy like, performer with a great ass. She, she dated Ted Danson, and she dated uh, either either Ebert or Roper, one of those guys. That's right. That's really? right. She Weird. Dated, and I I think wait, I think no, was it Steven Spielberg? She like kind of had a run of like. Oh my god! Older, Do you know who she dated? Sort of like Hollywood white guys. Who? Frank Langella. Who's that? Who's that? Frank Langella is um, sounds, is like a, like a character coach. actor. He was in like Frost Nixon. Oh, oh yeah. This is the guy from that movie uh, where he's like, he's like, if you press the button, you know that you know what I'm talking about. What was that movie called? He's like, if you press the button, someone someone you know will die. Wait, uh, <laughs> person, no, someone you don't know will die. Yeah, he was like, do you remember this? It came out in like 2009. Hold on, I simply do not know. Wait, this no, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. The box. Yes, the box. Yes, with Cameron Diaz. Yes, oh. with Cameron Diaz and, and James Marsden. Wow. <laughs> well, you wow. heard it here first, folks. <laughs> so this has been Inside Hollywood with Shreedy Lab. <laughs> I, um, I had no idea this would be our most industry-heavy episode yet. 
I was surprised, but I kind of liked it. But I guess that's what you get when when you have a a, a leader in the field as a as a. <laughs> as a guest. Yeah, heavy hitter. Shut the hell up. We have um, the same job. <laughs> so, I feel like I feel like it's time for the last segment. We got to do our final segment, and unfortunately, and I think this and is. I think it's your turn to introduce the segment. In you're 100 percent right. And Devin, you know, before your hopes up, it's actually not a commentary on segments. This is actually a segment which is horrifying and yeah, complete... kind of, you know. We'll talk about it after off mic. Okay. But, okay. Um, <laughs> and the context so, for this segment is that I don't like it, but Sam, well, I'm bad at it and Sam's good at it. It's so you can sense that tension. But I also I'm think in, George intrigued. has just like, it's sort of that thing where like a little kid decides they don't like a certain food, even though they like just don't try it. Like I think yeah. George is actually mm. good at it, but he's convinced himself he's bad at it. Wait, can um, I say one thing? I know I'm like delaying us. <laughs> I, I tried passion fruit for the first time last night. <laughs> Have you ever had this? I like have not. Actual, I don't think I've had an actual passion fruit. I've right, had passion it is fruit flavored okay. stuff. I swear yeah. to God, you cut it in half, and then what's in it is like a jelly cummy liquid <laughs> full of little <laughs> crunchy seeds that like look like sunflower <laughs> seeds, and then you eat that with a spoon. Thoughts? Ooh, just, Did you, you like it? it? I actually it thought it like tasted. Yes. It tasted incredible. <laughs> Okay, that's all. Food but that's like gross. one of those. Yeah, like, exactly. It's it's rare to try a new food. Okay, go on. <laughs> wow. Okay. Everyone uh, loves this. Everyone at home is like, "Thank God, George said that." <laughs> I, I don't know what. Right. I love when you are sort of uh, free. I love when you are free to say whatever you feel yeah. and literally just let out any passing thought. I think that's yeah. the point of a podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> okay. So this is called um, Shout Outs, and uh, in it we pay homage to the classic um, straight tradition of a radio shout out. And so we shout out anything <laughs> that we enjoy, um, sort of in the style, think of, you know, it's 2001 TRL, you're in Times Square shouting out to your squad back home, but about anything that you enjoy. And I actually have one uh, that I we talked about before we started recording, and I'm going to go, George, Let's if you're ready. What's up, all you freaks and losers out there? Um, I would like to give a huge shout out to Espresso Martinis. I had one last night and I know they're trendy. I know they're in and I almost didn't order one because I didn't want to seem too on trend. But I said, Sam, swallow your damn pride and order an Espresso Martini. And I was a little sleepy and damn, it lifted me up. I had a great night. I was fully blasted off into space. Uh, my stomach hurt later, but it was worth it. And I love Espresso Martinis. I wish I had gotten a second one. Woo! Woo! Uh, wait, fuck! I should have shouted out passion fruit. I know. I literally know. Wait, it's uh, like I mean, it, I, I'm I gonna do it. Too late. Um, yeah. what's up, boys and girls, and everybody else in there? I want to give a quick shout out to that's right, passion fruit, the fruit I tried for the first time last night at a dinner party when I was talking to someone who, that's right, owns a beverage company as a side business and made a passion fruit flavored <laughs> beverage. And I said, you know, I've never actually had a passion fruit. And she said, well, you're in luck, you stupid bitch, because I have some in my home. And so she gave me one, we cut it in half, guess what's in there? It looks like a chia seed uh, plant had an orgy and then came all over a little fruit that is hairy on the outside. 
And I took a spoon. I took uh, I took a spoonful, and it was it, it it was crunchy seeds in the middle of cummy liquid. As I said already, <laughs> I said this is not going to be good. This is going to be bad. Put it in my mouth. Guess what? The textures are there. The flavor is there. The novelty is there. I'm getting tropical vibes. I'm in Hawaii. I'm not in Prosper Clifford Gardens. I'm on vacation at the White Lotus, and I'm not the one being killed. So in conclusion, huge shout out to, that's right, passion fruit. Woo! Woo! George, I just want to say very quickly, um, normally I'm the horny one on this podcast, but I really wish you had maybe jerked off before we recorded. Oh. You know, the amount that you described the cumminess of this fruit and the, the hairiness and the, like, it's really just like, okay, I get it. Like... I just want, I mean, the thing is someone else last night described it as, as cummy. And then I was like, that's so disgusting. But then when I saw it, I was like, yeah, I mean, I get it. <laughs> so that, I was like, I guess that's the only way to describe it. Anyway, um, okay. I also, you know, yeah. shout out to the entertainment industry and everything I Yo. said, uh, you know, it was a joke and you can't sue me because it all falls under satire. Yeah. Yeah, we were playing characters that have had, had have had bad times in the entertainment industry. That's right. Absolutely. We love everything we've ever done. And I've been <laughs> only paid fairly. <laughs> um, Devin, whenever you are ready. Uh, damn, George kind of said I was gonna I was gonna do the entertainment industry or like something. Uh, you, you should do it. Still gonna, you still yeah. can. All right. <clears throat> I'm gonna no, I'm gonna do a couple. I'm gonna do a couple things. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> hey, yo, 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 what's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> What's up? It's your motherfucking boy, Devin Walker. Uh, just just really trying to give a shout out, first and foremost, to the network Comedy Central. Really appreciate everything that they've done. Uh, really just just as an entity. Uh, you know, shout out Viacom CBS. You know, shout out the merger. Uh, that's that's <laughs> something that not, that not enough people talking about. You know, kind of when, when when two become one big, big marriage energy. You know, shout out, shout out, <laughs> you know, shout out, shout out the unity and the sanctity that is marriage. Um, <laughs> shout out, um, yeah, shout out the amount of uh, money that they offered to pay me. I actually, I love that. And I thought it was respectful for them to ask me that after <laughs> working there for almost an entire year that they offered uh, me $211 for an entire day's worth of work for a company that has literal billions of dollars. I thought that was okay and good and right even though they could have given me way more i thought that was i was res i respect the people who asked me to do that who again have known me and have a personal relationship with me uh also uh uh and uh you know shout out shout out shout out dave Chappelle. you know shout out shout out shout, shout, shout out shout out dave Chappelle for just being you know everything like i said right uh, you know, right, right, saying the right kind of stuff. Um, you know, having just absolute cakes in the back. Uh, <laughs> you know, shout, shout out to the flat booty community. Shout out Mike Biblia. <laughs> shout, shout, shout out, shout out Jim Gaff again. I'm sorry, man. If it's shout out Patton Oswalt, I don't think you got nothing on the back. Of you, there. <laughs> uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, if you guys hear this, I hope you know that. You know, I'd, I'd love to open for you at any at any given time. Uh, shout out. Um, you know, shout out the digital creators program. That no longer exists, that Sam and I maybe helped kill. Uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't know it no longer existed. No, no. Oh, wow, wow. Shout out to TikTok <laughs> yeah. as an app. Shout out, yo, shout out to TikTok as a platform, as a platform for people to kind of come and express themselves. So, totally. you know, that's, that, that's your boy, Devin Walker, aka D Walk, you know, aka Ovaltine Jenkins, signing off. <laughs> Woo! Woo!
Um, wow. Well, that was incredible. That was a really <laughs> that was really that... the most shout outs we've had from one person. <laughs> well, yeah. well, that's well, like when I was uh, when I was growing up, they would do like on our like local rap radio station, like on, you know, whatever days of the week, like that was a thing. And people would shout out like 17 of their homes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And be, like, you know, <laughs> I do think that is like that is kind of in the spirit of it. I feel like yeah. we should do that more. Um, damn, it always be, it always be free one guy. It always be free one guy. Shout out, shout <laughs> Did out. Did you ever out. listen to like? Well, I guess this was in like the New York area, but like the Doghouse, or or, mm-hmm. or no? Okay, so it was like some other program, and people would call in to put someone in the Doghouse. It was on Z100. Oh, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, I do know what you're talking about. But I remember one time. <laughs> do you remember Tattoo, who had that song, "All the Things She Said," where they of were like course. lesbian schoolgirls? So one time. You don't remember this? Wait, the Devin, this was like a huge moment. Wait, it was like, all the things she said, all the things she said, running run through my head, head running run through my head. And then the video, they're like, literally like 17-year-old schoolgirls and they're making out. I gotta look, okay, it was I gotta a huge moment um, <laughs> in like 2001, probably. T-A-T-U. So they had like people, they would call and they'd be like, who do you want to put in the dog cast? And they'd be like, my ex-boyfriend, he cheated on me, blah, blah. And this one girl called and the guy was like, who do you want to put in the dog cast? And she was like, tattoo for being a lesbian. <laughs> and then truly everyone was like, all right, tattoos in the dog house. <laughs> there was just wow. no nuance to it. <laughs> I love that. <sighs> all right. Wow. So well, you're going to have to make me stop. I- I'm-, I'm really like yeah, in a we- talkative mood today. No, I love that. I wish... I- <laughs> I mean, if only we had talked about the elephant in the room, maybe we could explain sort of our different moods. But are you but... excited for us to go to the movie later tonight? I am. What do you want to see? Titan. Titan. Oh, yeah. That's really the talk of the town. Right? I know. It's the talk of the Titan. <laughs> God damn it. Genius Yeah. Okay. Let's. Devin. Is... Yeah. This Devin? has been incredible. This Thank has been you for being on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Okay, bye. Bye. Shout out to everyone at home. (laughs) Shout out to everyone at home. (laughs) Bye.